You're listening to The Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming. Jive Turkey is a little over the line, my man. Welcome back to The Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming. We continue on with the Frozen Four Coaches Show and uh, seemingly a regular here the last few years. My next guest, the head coach of the University of Minnesota Duluth Bulldogs, that's Scott Sandel in defending national champions. I'm back to the Frozen Four once again. Thanks for doing this, Coach. I know it's a really busy week, but uh, always great to catch up. How are you? I'm doing good. Pleasure to be on with you. Well, uh, tell me about this year's team uh, coming into the tournament this season. I mean, last year you were too young to win, and here you are defending mm-hmm. national champions back to the Frozen Four once again. What's different about this year's team compared to the last couple of years? Uh, well, we're a little bit older, which is good. <laughs> um, you know, certainly, uh, you know, last year was, uh, you know, the, the expectations probably weren't uh, weren't there like they were this year, obviously, when you win, but... Uh, you know, the, the, the young guys really developed last year and now they're a year older and, and everybody's a year older. So we've had a lot of guys that have gone through that, uh, that experience. Uh, some of them now this will be their, our seniors will be their third frozen four. So we've got some, a little more tournament experience and, and the experience of winning too. So, uh, that's probably the biggest difference with this group. Well, and, uh, the way you got to this point uh, through the regionals, uh, taking out, uh, Bowling Green coming from behind in that game and then, uh, uh, beating a Quinnipiac. Uh, what did you learn from your team? I mean, I guess at this point in the season, do you actually learn new things or obviously you're pretty familiar with your, your club, but did they show you something that maybe you hadn't seen? Uh, not really. I, I just really liked, uh, again, their resiliency. It, you know, it's, it's a group that didn't, didn't panic. Uh, we've seen that, uh, over the course of the year. Um, you know, sometimes I always go into games. I'm not sure trying to figure them out, but, uh, they always mm-hmm. find a way. And I think, uh, They've got a pretty good demeanor as far as the group, and I think that starts with our with our captain Parker McKay and our older guys and our leadership group. So I think that's been a uh, a real real positive for this group. I think it's been a driving force behind this group as well. Well, it's a real secret weapon uh, for you guys the last few years get somebody from Irma, Alberta. Uh, this, I mean, <laughs> Parker McKay has been there this he's a senior, but I mean, before that you had Carson Susie. So I don't know if the yeah. the next uh, who the next uh, hot shot is coming out of Irma, but let's start with Parker McKay and just having a senior like that. You, you mentioned him already. Really, just leads by example and kind of the emotional leader for your team as well. Yeah, for sure. I, you know, he's had an unbelievable year. He's our leading scorer right now, and. You know, had a great regional for us, uh, obviously a catalyst for our team. You know, he's was an assistant captain last year when we won. Uh, and we knew he's had, you know, he's always had good leadership qualities, even when he played, you know, in juniors and, and, and coming here, we knew someday he'd probably be our captain and, uh, he's done a great job. Uh, he stayed healthy this year, which is unlike his previous three years, he's missed some time. So that, that's been a benefit to our team, you know, having him in there and, uh, but just, you know, a real hard-working, lead-by-example guy, like you said, and and he scored big goals for us. He's, he's scored big goals uh, ever since he's been here, and, and the goals uh, last weekend, you know, the, the tying goal and the game-winning goal against Bowling Green and the empty netter were, were obviously, again, big goals for our team. Uh, you had some uh, key contributors, uh, some of your freshmen that have come in and played very well for you, but Noah Cates leading you when it comes to uh, freshman scoring. And, and I seem to recall maybe started a little bit slow, which I suppose is to be expected. But boy, second half of the year he was really good for you. Yeah, I think you know getting that experience at the World Junior Tournament was was really beneficial to him. I think he came back here with obviously a lot more confidence. I think having played a half a year 
of college coming out of junior was was uh, was also part of the learning curve, and you know, just getting that half year under your belt and, and going through the experience he had uh, up in Victoria and Vancouver was was really good for him because he's uh, he's been really good for us here in the second half, and you know, I can't say enough about what he means to our team. You know, you, you always expect and, and hope that some some of the freshmen that are coming in can make an impact, and, and he's certainly been one of those guys for our team. Uh, head coach Scott Sandlin from the University of Minnesota Duluth Bulldogs, my guest here on the Pipeline Show. Uh, now, I remember talking to you last year about your freshman crop of defensemen and just you know how young they were but how good they were, and obviously they helped backbone you to a national championship. Now with a, a year under their belt for all of those guys, I mean, it's now it's an experience group. Do you almost ha- see a, a leadership quality coming from uh, the blue line? Yeah. I, I do. I, I think, you know, guys like Mikey Anderson and, and Scott Brunovich and Dylan Sandberg, for sure, those guys, uh, you know, are, are three of our, our go-to guys. And, um, you know, obviously some different players, Mikey and Dylan play together. They're kind of their, you know, they can go against everybody's top guys and, and Scotty's got the offensive ability, but, you know, just that year of maturity and going through it, uh, you know, there's been times, obviously, I think they've taken some of that for granted and thought it was going to be easy this year, but, uh, you know, they quickly, uh, they quickly learn that it's not. And, um, but they're still, that group is still the backbone of our team and not only defending, but transitioning out of our zone and, and contributing offensively has, has been a big part of it too. So, um, we're really fortunate to have that group and, and, even more fortunate that they've played together almost two years now. Uh, I know we've when we've spoken in the past, we've we've touched on you know how adversity is sometimes a good thing for a team to go through because it builds character and, and gets you battle hardened uh, for this time of year. Have there been some challenges like that along the way this season? Any particular hurdles that you can think of that your guys have cleared and and become better for? Yeah, I think they've been more subtle though, guy. And I think uh, you know, like even the way we started the year, I think we were eight one and one and. And I thought probably we were just going to roll through it and, right. and things are going to be easy. And next thing you know, we went three, four and one before break. And, uh, you know, that didn't sit very well. We came out of the break, uh, you know, and it was, there were, I think we went, we lost, uh, you know, a couple games and then we, we rattled off four or five and then we kind of got into the splits, uh, you know, weekends with three teams and, and actually we finished the year with a, you know, getting swept at St. Cloud, but I felt, you know, we were getting better. I thought we became, you know, a, a better team even after the the last weekend against St. Cloud, and kind of turned that into more of a positive. But there was there wasn't like long sustained, but there was certainly there were certainly times during the year that there were there were some different challenges, and and uh, you know, but our guys have responded. I think that's the one thing that that got me excited is that you know if we did have maybe a bad stretch or a bad game, you know, we always responded in a positive way and. Um, what I tried to figure out was if we had a good game, why we didn't have a good game the next night. That was probably the most frustrating part for our team. Well, that's funny because that's kind of where I was going to go next. I'm sure there are some games along the way that you win that you're like, well, we might have got lucky here tonight, and other games where you probably deserved a better outcome than you got. Is there a big difference uh, in the performance of your guys from one night to the next in terms of wins and losses? Like a pretty fine line, like something you do one night that's successful and you don't do the next night, but it's a small thing? It's, yeah, it seems this year was a little bit more of that for sure. Um, you know, we had some really, really good Friday nights and, and then we, uh, I don't know, maybe just assumed it was going to happen the next night and, and, uh, that just doesn't happen, especially in our league or in college hockey. I mean, you've got to be prepared to, to play probably even better the next night. And, you know, 
sometimes we got shot into playing or didn't have a good first period, but we, we finished the game strong. So it was a good learning lesson. Those are all good lessons to, to learn out of the, out of, along the way. And, you know, we really stressed that last uh, Sunday against Quinnipiac. They were, they're, uh, they're a team, I think, that outscored opponents 44 to 12 in the first period. So, and we haven't had, you know, maybe great first periods here for about a month. So we really, uh, we really harped on that. And our guys came out and, and played probably one of our better periods we've had in a while. So that was important to, to just uh, to stay on them about that. But uh, there's no question that did, that did occur on a, on a few occasions. And, I hope our guys uh, have learned from that uh, moving forward. I know at this time of year, uh, first goal is a, a pretty crucial thing for, in the views of, of most coaches. Um, you look at the four teams in the Frozen Four. I mean, the the two on the other side of the bracket for you didn't give up a goal uh, during the regionals, and I know you guys uh, and Providence didn't uh, surrender much either. Does that make it extra important this year to score first? Yeah, it does. There's no question that first goal is important. Uh, you know, and you, you do look at the the goaltending. That's uh, it, it, it's pretty good. Uh, even our, even in our regional, I think uh, of the four goalies, three of them uh, signed pro contracts uh, in the next week. So yeah. there was some really good goaltenders there as well. But you know, it's going to make it for you know the games are going to be tight again. And and you know, again, that first goal could be the could be the difference. And you know, I think the importance of, of special teams is always critical this time of the year, but even more so, you know, when you have the the goaltending and the defense, uh, the, the the excuse me, the defenses of those teams, you know, it's it, it does, doesn't create a lot of opportunities. So you really got to take advantage of the special teams. Well, coach, tell me about Hunter Shepard. He's the guy uh, manning the pipes uh, for you uh, again this year. Mm-hmm. After uh, going to him last year, I mean, it's his. His third year, but his second year was the, basically his rookie season uh, of actually playing for you. Um, how has he sort of evolved through the last couple of years? Uh, he's probably been our best player. He, he's certainly been our most consistent player for sure. And you know, in that position, that's a great place to <clears throat> great place to start. So uh, no, he's really matured as a goaltender. I think uh, you know, last year he grabbed the net and and, and obviously won you know a championship. Uh, which gives him obviously even more confidence. But to follow that up, I think that the year that he's had has been tremendous. And, and certainly for our team, our guys know how important and how valuable he's been to our team. You know, it's great to see him up for that Mike Richter award. Hopefully, you know, he has a, an opportunity to win that because he's certainly, in my opinion, very deserving of it with, with the year he's had and, and what he's meant to our team. Uh, Coach, I know there's probably two or three guys uh, that maybe go unheralded, don't get the uh, the attention that some of the bigger names uh, on your team do, but um, they play a key, maybe glue glue guy in the room sort of a role, unheralded to some degree. Are there uh, a couple of players that immediately, a couple of names that come to mind when I, when I say it like that? Uh, yeah, you know, I think on our back end, Louis Rail. Uh, you know, Louis played with us last year. He's, he's just kind of they got that warrior mentality and, you know, he's always, he's always competing, uh, and, and, and doing what he needs to do to be effective. Uh, I think Justin Richards, uh, even though Justin last year had, you know, had no goals and nine assists, or he was one of our leading scorers, but just a, a real good 200 foot player that's uh, responsible, plays hard, you know, guys that he's gotten a lot more accolades this year, you know, because of the year he's had, but just a, you know, a guy for me that, you know, you can trust and, and count on. He's good in faceoffs and, you know, just plays the game the right way. And, you know, probably one of our freshmen that I've really, really um, have been excited about is Tanner Latteru. He's he's uh, come in and, you know, he might not blow you away with his numbers, but just the way he plays the game and, and 
you know, the, the things he creates on the ice, uh, he was a big part of the, the two game, uh, the, the game tying goal and game winning goal against St. Cloud, uh, just through, uh, through a sport check and, and effort. And, you know, those are the kind of guys to me that, uh, you know, are probably going to be those guys that might score that big goal too. And, uh, but I can't say enough. He's had a really good year for us too. And, uh, really happy to, to have him on our team. Well, Tanner Latteroot, good Edmonton kid right there. So, uh, good to see, uh, a guy from our neck of the woods going on and having success with you again. Um, uh, all right. Let's look at the, uh, the collision with the Providence Friars. Um, you don't play them very often, but uh, a big game a couple of years ago against the Friars, uh, in one of the regionals. Um, what are you expecting to, to see from them this year on paper? Not a lot to, uh, to separate the two clubs in terms of goals for goals against penalty, uh, special teams. Things like that. What are you expecting from the Friars? Um, probably like the game we had with them a few years ago. Uh, I thought it was an absolute great hockey game. It was a war. It went to double overtime, and and Carson Coleman scored uh, the game winner for us. But uh, you know, Nate Nate's got that team. Uh, they play hard. Uh, they really get a lot of pucks to the net. Um, they defend well. They've got a really good goaltender. I think their their top two lines are are really good. And I think their decor is probably, you know, uh, underappreciated. I think they've got some really good guys back there that Bryson, who's, who's very talented. Um, you know, I don't know a ton. I've just kind of started watching a little more of the tape this week on them, but I know they, in just the games, uh, that I saw, obviously their power play was, was dynamite this, uh, this past weekend, scoring five goals and, and a big reason why they beat Minnesota State. So, um, just, uh, Another really, really good hockey team, well coached, uh, you know, play hard. So in a way, you know, teams kind of mirror each other a little bit. So I expect a real battle, uh, another war, and um, we'll see what happens. Lastly, and I've uh, asked all your counterparts the same question, but uh, all four coaches uh, going to the Frozen Four are on the 10-man list as a finalist for the uh, Spencer uh, Penrose uh, Trophy as uh, Division I Coach of the Year. Uh, I know you get a vote. Uh, you can say or not say, but uh, who who you can't vote for yourself. Put it that way. Uh, who would you who would you <laughs> cast your who would you cast your vote for uh, uh, this year? You know, there's a lot of guys that have done a really good job with the programs. I mean, you look at Eric Langley; he's done it at American International this year, getting him into the tournament. I mean, Greg uh, UMass getting them from five to seventeen to thirty wins. I mean, those are a couple guys right there that I think have done an outstanding job with their teams. I can say the same thing about David Carl, who's uh, obviously in our league to, to take over, you know, Denver and and, and do what he's done, uh, you know, with a young team. And, and, and my former assistant coach, Brett Larson, who had a, an outstanding year at St. Cloud, you know, to go in there and, and keep that ball rolling. So I, I don't know, take your pick out of those four. I mean, I think they've all done an outstanding job. And, and uh, I know there's other coaches, but those guys kind of come to mind for me. Excellent. Uh, as always, Coach, I really appreciate your time. Uh, good luck once you get to Buffalo, and uh, hope we can chat again uh, maybe this time next year. Okay. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Scott Sandlin of the University of Minnesota Duluth Bulldogs, an excellent coach, had uh, a lot of success here this decade, no question about that. The uh, 2011 Frozen Four, the first one that they captured, the only one that I've uh, actually been able to attend in person, really uh Really loved that experience, so that was a fantastic environment. And uh, getting to meet all the uh, NCAA media that uh, you hear on this show, but getting to meet a lot of them uh, for the first time in person, that was uh, that was terrific as well. 
Uh, would love to get down to watch another Frozen 4 in the next uh, year or two. That's uh, that's for sure. Uh, the University of Minnesota Duluth taking on Providence. And as I said at the end of the last segment, should be a great matchup. I really think both of these teams, uh, either one could go on and uh, win the, uh, the Frozen 4. Spoiler alert, my pick, though, is Duluth to win. Uh, that was my pick at the start of the national tournament. So can't really go away from that. I actually have three of the four the Frozen Four teams that are still alive on my bracket. The only one I missed out on was St. Cloud, and I think a lot of people did uh, not expect St. Cloud to get bounced out of their regional, let alone in the first round of the tournament. All right, let's move on uh, to the uh, next coach on the Frozen Four Coaches Show this year. That will be uh, Greg Carvel, head coach of the Massachusetts Minutemen. He's up next here on the Pipeline Show. This is Greg Carvel with UMass, and you're listening to The Pipeline Show. 